Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into this week's edition, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Acast. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, at OffTCPod, to keep up to date with all the latest stories. And Brad, we've had a busy weekend. Uh, not entertaining as much, but still busy nonetheless. I don't know, I think the Carabao Cup final delivered in a way that was entertaining for the majority of the games this weekend. Yeah. It definitely upped the ante, because I think without that this weekend, it would have been a rather lacklustre weekend of stuff. Yeah, and it showed that the game at Old Trafford had to be an entertaining 0-0. Yes. Um, We have obviously got one place to start, and that is, of course, this weekend's Carabao Cup final uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool. And we talked about it in the pre-game show, and I said, like, I don't know which way this one was going to go, and it seemed to be case proven right for me uh, throughout the whole game. At times you thought, oh, okay, this is where Liverpool are going to win it, and how are they going to beat Chelsea? But then Mendy was pulling off some amazing saves, and then you thought, oh, maybe Chelsea can nick something here, but it just wasn't to be throughout the 90 minutes of regulation. Yeah, I guess it was just one of the most extraordinary nil nils I think I've ever watched. Like we saw more offside off there. We saw more offside goals than actual fouls. I think it was just a bit bonkers. It ended in the most hilarious way possible as well. Yeah, it's just that just sums up cup football. <laughs> like even though they're two of the best teams in English football at this minute in time, it was just an absolute chaos of a game and. That is what cup football is all about. And you'd said it yourself. Chelsea, I think, had the better chances, safe mm. to say. Not during the game, but it really felt like it would go either way because it was very end-to-end for, like, yeah. at, at times. 100%. I mean, uh, looking at the stats quickly here, possession-wise, 55-45 in favour of Liverpool. They had more shots in the end, uh, twenty to eleven and six to four on target, but it it felt a lot closer than that. All it would take in this one was just for someone to be on side when they put the ball in the net. <laughs> I mean, you would think that's pretty basic in football, someone to know the offside rule and be on side, but apparently not when not someone like Timo Werner's on the pitch. <laughs> I mean that man was born offside we've said it enough times in the past Honestly, every time he got the ball in this game I was going yeah you're offside there <laughs> it's, it's it's become a sad joke like how often he is offside yeah it, it's weird at this point you know, mm. when he came on he looked so static as well yeah it's just he just he, I don't know, there's just something about it where he just doesn't fit into this team. I don't know, maybe it's just he can't do it in England at this point. Mm. Something's gone, his confidence is shot. But then again, he's not like Mason Mount who's gone through on goal so many times and still doesn't put the ball away. Well, yeah, I mean, surely at least one of them times he's got to be putting the ball in the back of the net. I don't think he could believe that he was onside. That probably is. He's just been overwhelmed by the whole situation and then just forgotten what his main job is, and that's to beat uh, Cueven Kellerat in goal. Yeah, but I guess if we have to talk the offsides, 
safe to say two of them were very, very debatable. Yeah, there were, again, inches, if that, within them. And obviously it's the old uh, VAR lines getting brought out again. And you're like, oh, is this offside? Is it not? And then it's one of them where it turns out to be like a millimetre or two offside. And you're like, oh, come on. Just get back to where it was when these ones would have been allowed back in the day. Because it, it gets really annoying when it's just like that close. I was almost getting a sense of deja vu. It was like watching the FA Cup third round game all over again with that first one. Mm. Take, take your Man United tinted glasses off for a second. That can't be offside. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. It is, it is getting ridiculous. and I try to stick up for VAR as much as I possibly can, but each week they just seem to be making it harder for me to do so. Since when did it matter? about a different player stopping someone from getting to the ball. He barely stops him. Oh, yeah. He is ridiculous now. Yeah, uh, but Again, it's that thing where you, you can't guarantee Reese James is even going to get the ball if Van Dijk's not there. Oh, yeah. There's so many uncertainties that you can't like predict until you've seen the full passage of play. Uh, let's... Go on, because the game obviously had to continue and find a winner because it's a yeah. cup final. Yes, if I just added the last word on the other one that was about, and that was the Lukaku one. Mm. Just a quick look, because they didn't show it long enough for me to properly go, well, what are you judging here? And then I see them judging from the sleeve again. I thought they'd stopped all that. Again, so did I. So did I. Cause... The rules are so confusing that it just brings about this debate about what's offside and what isn't. What's handball and mm. what isn't. Uh, I mean, we've got another handball controversy later on that we have to talk about. But I yeah. should have added the VAR alarm sound effect. <laughs> um, this game obviously went to penalties and Chelsea decided to bring on Kepa Aritha Balaga to be the saviour. We should that, say for that Chelsea. very well-known penalty expert. Yes. Um, how did that end up going for Chelsea? Do you remember this time round? Well, it was. Does this keep happening a lot lately? Penalties just seem to go all the way. It does seem to be happening a lot. It, it's a lot. mainly in this country, isn't it? Mm. It's getting a bit weird. You mean we're practicing penalties in this country now? Jesus Christ. That's something too scary to think about. It is, but watching some of them, it felt like they had been. Especially the Liverpool yeah. ones. Mm, I mean, Van Dijk's penalty? Oh, was it half. You, the balls, because Kepa, bless him, was trying to fall him, but Van Dijk's like, you testing me? <laughs> Power, straight <laughs> out. Yes. Uh, so it went to 11 penalties each. So that I, means wait, both. I just keep... realised I have to shout out Fabinho as well. He had the biggest set of balls. Yeah, great penalty from Fabinho. I do have to say. Um, yeah, so obviously eleven penalties means every outfield player and the keeper takes one, and so Liverpool have got theirs to get them an eleven ten lead, and then Kepa steps up after letting them. Eleven? No, it was. Um, it was tw- there was twelve eleven. It was, was it, it was 11-10 in the end. Was it 11? Oh, God. See, more maths all over the place. Yes. Uh, however, his penalty is so high, 
it actually hasn't came down from the atmosphere yet because my god was that an awful penalty so you're lying there because I could have swore I heard a big bang against my Wembley winner <laughs> I mean I wouldn't be surprised because just I know well, it's a I, I lied about this I wasn't actually there at the time of the game I'm probably going to go back and find my window has been smashed <laughs> uh, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised because that was woeful from Kepa I know you're a keeper and you don't you're not meant to take penalties every day but Jesus Christ at least get it on fucking target son yeah, they brought him on. They didn't bring him on to take penalty. That's first of all, no. so it's a very unfortunate situation. But as a goalkeeper, he didn't do the best either. No, he well, obviously you're letting all eleven penalties. You're not doing the best. But hmm. like one of them, he left the really half the side open. Mm. Almost straight at him. Seventy-two million. Just remember that they spent seventy-two million on him. No, I find. The most funny as well. This guy was brought, well, was attempting to be brought off three years ago because he's not the penalty expert, <laughs> and he obviously refuses to come off. If I'm Edward Mendy, I'm refusing to come off in this situation. Oh, a hundred percent. Since when Kepa become a penalty expert in three seasons? I know he's won a few penalty shootouts since. Does it make him the expert? No. I mean, let's go with someone who has won the African Cup of Nations because of a penalty shootout. Exactly. Literally, less than a fucking month ago. Like, but Mendy was probably one of the best players in the whole game as well. He was on real saves. Exactly. Like, just where's the logic? Why someone who saved penalties? I know men uh, kept out to do it as well over in uh, the Middle East at the Club World Cup. However, the quality that he had to go up against compared to what uh, Mendy had to go up against is completely different. So I don't know why Tuchel decided to do that. But yes, that means um, the first uh, first domestic trophy of the season goes to Jurgen Klopp's side and now means he's won every trophy possible apart from the FA Cup during his tenure at Liverpool. So Liverpool because they're in the quadruple, you know. I hate that thought of them even having any sliver of hope of doing that. If it means we stop talking about the 99 treble, then... It's not going to happen, though, let's be honest. <laughs> it, that second that your face, it was like, a, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, can, let's can go I have the last point? Because yeah, I added the tweet out there, and it was probably the funniest video I've seen in a while. It was from at Will Brazier, who was filming the Liverpool fans... At the last penalty, uh, I don't think I have seen it. You haven't watched the video? Well, it's on our Twitter at FTC Pod if you want to see it. He's filming the Liverpool fans for that last penalty, all the celebrations. What he didn't count for was about seven seconds in. There's a white dot that just flies into the corner of the shot. Yes, I have seen that now. And it's the it's the penalty. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's the funniest thing I've I... ever seen. How far that goes into their fans as well is mental. I can tell you that's at least 14, 15 rows. Oh, easily. And there's a gap easily. as well, so that's even more mental. Further back, yes. But a very nice souvenir uh, for a Liverpool fan to take home. As long as they didn't get hit in the face with it, of course. It's, they get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, right, onto the Premier League now, and it wasn't the best of weekends in terms of providing us with entertainment, let's not lie here. However, we have had a, another manager be sacked to take us up to eight managers sacked now this season, which I think might be the most. I don't know, I'm not too sure. We'll really check, I don't know what the record is for the most managers we've lost in a season, but this is probably the only really entertaining fixture, if you can say. Yes. And yeah, it's the end of a very nice era for Leeds United. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this, what, since like October, November, that this could be Bielsa's last season, whether he gets sacked or just leaves at the end of it uh, from Leeds. And uh, his time has come to an end this past weekend after they got battered 4-0 by Tottenham Hotspur uh, with Doherty, Kulisevsky, Kane and Son scoring. Uh, the Kane and Son goals mean they have now broken the Premier League record for most goals between a strike partnership. Yeah, most uh, goals between a combination of players. Yeah, beating Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard. Yeah, see that? they weird. got told in the interview and it was a very wholesome moment. Yes. Uh, it's just strange that it's taken... I feel like them, like them two should have done it a lot sooner considering how many goals them two combined for or well, involved think, in Spurs goals. you got to think... This season, obviously, Kane's not been as involved as much. Mm. So, yeah, that would have delayed it slightly. But uh, we're sticking with Leeds with this because I've been two minds with that sacking. Like, because, mm-hmm. yeah, the position results would make you go, oh, yeah, he's got to go. He has to go, blood. He has to go. <laughs> <laughs> but the is a legend to, to them. Like, he's an absolute legend. Fans are. Very disappointed that he's gone. Like, disappointed yeah. that he's sacked. It seems like he was sacked. He hasn't walked. Players have been grateful to him with all the messages online. Like, whoever the next manager is walking into what is starting to look like a pretty bleak situation. I mean, we know who the next manager is going to be. It feels like we know the... who it's going to be. Yeah, we're just waiting on the announcement. But I think the main thing with his sacking is they've conceded the most goals in a calendar month in Premier League history when they conceded, I think, 20 or 24 goals in a month. I remember that first like few months in the Premier League, where they kept last season, they were really leaking. Mm, but yeah, this uh, in February they have been awful. I mean, no Premier League team has conceded more goals than them this season. It's just ridiculous the, the amount of goals that they've been leaking in. And uh, although, like, leave... Leeds fans will be forever in debt to him for like getting them back to the Premier League for the first time in 12 years or their highest I believe it was 16 actually yeah I don't know why I said 12 I knew it was 16 uh, like it was always going to come to an end soon uh, like I've been saying and I think the fact that this month has happened just carried it on or hurried it on quicker than uh, ever like the fact that that Derby team of 07-08 never conceded this many goals in a calendar month when they finished with 11 points that season it shows you something yeah a little bit worried but people will call it naivety almost of Marcelo Bielsa but this is a man who sticks to his principles so obviously it will work brilliantly it's very entertaining to watch and then mm. there's times where it's like the Tottenham game yeah it has its flaws and you get found out uh, rather easily and you just don't you just 
don't change what you do and you deserve to get beat because I mean it's not like they didn't have opportunities leads but they just weren't converting or having good enough chances to test Tottenham where it seemed like every Spurs attack could have ended up in a goal yeah we would just be with Leeds players now because obviously with all the messages they were sending they're probably a bit gutted that it's ended the way it has hmm. I don't know if that's going to bode well for the rest of the season considering the relegation fight that they're in like, they're already down because of performances and they've lost what they've, they've lost a goal they were calling like, the grandfather to yeah. is this just not going to affect them even more because of whoever the, ne- I mean, well, the next manager is he going to install a belief in them I don't know are they going to react to him the same way? I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, bar confirmation as of time of recording, it is set to be uh, Jesse Marsh, uh, who is many know being linked with the uh, Red Bull company of teams. So he's managed all three of them, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, Salzburg and the New York Red Bulls over in the MLS. He is set to be the manager. Um, bit of a surprising one. I think. Well, we say that, but we remember that Leeds are partly owned by the San Francisco 49ers. So they will have it's an eye. majority owned. Yeah, that's what I meant. But I was going to say, didn't it change recently to now they have like a 51% ownership? Yeah, but that state keeps growing. Like every season, they'll, yes. they'll, be, they'll fully own them at some point, probably. Hmm. Like, I don't know how it's going to work. I'm honest, I just mm. we like, don't know for certain is... if Leeds have the quality to like adapt to potentially a different style in what what is a very short amount of time to get themselves out of a, a battle. Yeah, and obviously they've been very injury hit this season, um, missing a lot of key players throughout the season. Obviously, Calvin Phillips being the prime player that they've missed quite a lot this season. Bamford as well, pretty big miss. Yeah, they've got a strike. Mm. Yeah, so for me, I don't think this new manager bounce will happen, and I genuinely now think they will be one of the three teams that go down. I'm going to put that on the line now. But they, that's for a different vid. That's for a different mm. clip. Um, but Jesse Marsh is someone who plays quite high press as football, right? Yeah, and so. he's he's highly rated, and like a lot of people. Yeah. People are, have been expecting him to take a job in the Premier League for a few years now, but it just hasn't uh, came to fruition. But it seems to be uh, happening now. Obviously, with Leeds, be interesting to see how he does uh, get on. And obviously, first game for him again, another early kickoff this Saturday against Leicester City. If he's all sorted and that by then, which it should be. Yeah, and with Leicester's problems as well, it's a very winnable one. For them, mm. big with Jesse, like it's not going to be the same intensity as Bielsa, no. but it should still be quite high press, as we just said. Mm-hmm. Even like it's an intriguing one at the end of the day because yeah. it's that thing where he was great at Salzburg and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is an American coach who actually gets it." And yeah. but then there was the Leipzig stuff; it just didn't work. And it there. was just awful, which is like. It was very strange to see like how it failed to convert over uh, from the Austrian league to 
Bundesliga, maybe that's because of the difference in qualities in the leagues. Uh, maybe that's why he struggled, but it'd be interesting to see what he can do here in the Premier League for the remaining 12 games or so in the Premier League. Yeah, and we all know if it doesn't go well, they're going to be calling him Bob Bradley 2.0. <sighs> Jesus Christ, no one wants to be called Bob Bradley 2.0. It's going to be bad enough that everyone's going to be calling him Ted Lasser. <laughs> I mean, how many Ted Lasso references do you reckon the newspapers are going to get in over the next week or so? Oh, loads. Mm. I'm not even trying to share one of you. I love that series. So please don't. <laughs> uh, right, let's round up the rest of the Premier League uh, action because it was dull everywhere else, wasn't it? I don't know. I try to remember. I don't remember anything else sticking out other than the Everton Man City controversy. Yes. Uh, we'll get onto that now, actually, because, like you said, that's the only other talking point. Uh, Man City ended up winning. 1-0 against uh, Frank Lampard's side, Phil Foden with the winner. Uh, however, like you said, that penalty incident, which wasn't given because of the uh, handball, which I don't know how it wasn't given. I don't get it. What is the handball rule? No. And what was the actual reason why this wasn't given? I, I don't know. We need to try I... and find the reasons, because there's the one where they were saying where Charles was offside in the build-up. But they've mm. already come out of a statement saying that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Do they just think that whereas the ball bounces, it's like Rodri can't do much about it? I definitely think he can do. His arm is all the way out. Yeah. Is it a natural position? That's all logic. Yeah. That was what constituted a handball. Mm-hmm. And for me, that should have been given as a handball, and he should have been sent off for it. Like I've got obviously no qualms with it being a Manchester City player, but I'm, even if it was Man United player, I'd I be thought you'd taken off those to... Manchester United tinted glasses. No, I put I put them back on. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know how that is not a handball. Just I said it a few weeks ago uh, when we was dealing with the Manchester United Middlesbrough incident in the FA Cup. Just go back to the simple handball rule doesn't matter whether it's accidental not intentional or not if it touches anywhere from your fingertips to your shoulder joint it's a handball any no ifs buts maybes that's how it was for years and years and now uh, over the last three four years they decided to change the rule up if it's not broke don't fix it touches fingertip to your shoulder joint anywhere any way shape or form obviously the only people that can touch it with their hands is a goalkeeper and a player taking a throw in anything else handball free kick or penalties given keep football simple you hear that stocky park here we're taking applications in the post if he wants it yes none of this oh he touched his arm oh it bubbled up and he's not intentionally done it no he's touched it with his fucking hand it's a handball Jesus Christ was that a low key run then from you? <laughs> it's just It was, because it's just pissing me off now at the amount of games we see now. Oh, is this a handball? Is this not a handball? It takes five minutes to decide it. If if it touches his hand, it's a fucking handball. <laughs> just keep it like keep shit simple. Oh, God. Um, you, know, you need to you need to be a little bit calmed down now, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about just the old Watford. <laughs> Useless bastards. That's just Ronaldo. That man is off it so badly. 
drop him for a few weeks. <laughs> just drop him. But he's a club legend. Put Rash- I don't care. Drop him. Whether that means you put Marcus Rashford through the top and then you play some other formation. Just stop clawing Ronaldo in these situations where he's not doing anything or he's not at his best form. It's just not working. The fact that we haven't beaten Watford this season who have had a shambolic season who are, what, 19th in the Premier League? We lost 4-1 to them, which was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game, and we drew 0-0 to them. Yeah, what, what the fuck a, is going on? What a shambles that is. That is hilarious. Uh, almost as hilarious as the Ben Foster vlog, I'm sure will be. <laughs> uh, always an entertaining watch, no matter what happens. I'm just going to say that. If we watch it with tears in your eyes, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, massive dents in United trying to make their top four hopes that more comfortable, obviously, because Arsenal and Spurs have games in hand over both them and West Ham United. So it's them sort of games where you're going to have that killer instinct and be able to finish. I'm going to say now, if one of West Ham or Arsenal doesn't get that fourth spot and Manchester United end up getting it, West Ham and Arsenal should be considering themselves having bad seasons. What about Spurs? You think Spurs are getting fourth? I mean, they've got two games in hand and are only five points behind United. But they're too inconsistent to do it. I want to see Spurs against those guys. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think it has to be Arsenal's for the taking. If Arsenal don't get top four... It's a failure of a season from Mikel Arteta's side. I don't think it's a, well, I wouldn't go as strong as failure, but I would think they'd be very, very disappointed. Mm. Maybe failure was a bit too harsh then. Um, let's continue with the rest of the Premier League because there's nothing else to talk about in the Man United game. Uh, speaking of West Ham, they did beat Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, 1-0. Thomas Suchek scoring the winner on his birthday, I believe it was. That's right. Yes, gives himself a present. Uh, close game. As many expected, uh, and it's it was a very good battle for like the top eight teams, uh, as we expected. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Friday night saw Southampton beat Norwich City two 0 rather comfortably, actually. Yeah, I, I think this really proves me Norwich aren't going to get out of it. Like, Norwich have to go on a run if they're going to get out yeah. of this, and I don't think that's coming. Hmm. Uh, Romeo's goal though, Oof, yeah, that's that clean. Beautiful. Clay. <laughs> he doesn't score many, but when he does, they're usually quite good. Yeah, the thing that I noticed about it is his arm was all red, just covered in blood yeah. or something. I don't know how that happened. No. Uh, elsewhere, Newcastle beat Brentford 2 0, uh, thanks to Joe Willock and Joe Linton scoring. Um, however, Brentford did play the majority of the game with 10 players after Josh De Silva got sent off after just 11 minutes. Silly boy. Joe, Linton's... Hmm. Joe Linton seems to be a man reformed under Eddie Howe. It's unreal. Newcastle fans adore the bloke. Mm. It's weird. I mean, he's practically played in every minute possible under Eddie Howe, and he seems to be a new man. The forty million is starting to pay off. I know it's weird. See, Mike Ashley was a genius. What? what only talking? <laughs> Don't say that to Newcastle fans. Jesus Christ. It's okay. Derby fans will be feeling better about him at some point. Hmm. Uh, Crystal Palace Burnley finished 1-1 uh, 
not a lot happened in that game as expected. Aston Villa managed to beat Brighton 2 0. We won Ollie a Watkins game! And, <laughs> <laughs> Matty Cash with the goals. Fucking well, uh, Matty so Cash yeah, was unreal. So, <laughs> I don't know what's happened. Which is. Yeah, uh, very strange to see Matty Cash scoring. Um, yeah, so that ends a weekend of Premier League action. Obviously, we'll have another full slate of fixtures to look forward to uh, this weekend. We also have. Before we get on to the European stuff, FA Cup action uh, tomorrow and on Wednesday and Thursday. And one next Monday. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. There's some nice games there. We'll be keeping an eye on Luton Chelsea specifically. Come just, on. just for you. <laughs> if we cause an upset there, I'll be absolutely buzzing. However, I'd rather focus on getting the playoffs uh, uh, secured first. I think you're, Luton are in the playoffs now, I've noticed. Genuinely, because we've got, I think, two games in hand, we can still finish second, or we'll be like a point behind second if we win both our games in hand. Yeah. Like, that whole. Sec- like, even second could realistically lose out if they went on a really bad run. Yeah, I mean, it's 10 points between Coventry in 10th and Bournemouth in second. That, it was uh, around the gap. Cue the Aston Villa bingo that it was around this point where we were going to have the 10 game winning run. I mean, what, there's 12 to 15 games left of the season, roughly. Anything can happen. I always like to say, whoever goes on a run at this point has the momentum if they then get in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, so, good FA Cup games to look forward to this weekend. Uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, sorry, not this weekend. Yeah, that's it. just the last thing on who's currently in the, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth spots in the championship. That's such a weird bunch yeah I mean for those that don't know it's Huddersfield Town Blackburn Rovers Queen's Park Rangers and Luton Town if you said to me at the start of the season they'd be the four teams in contention for the playoffs I would have laughed at you I know like there's so many reasons about for the 2010 nostalgia you'd want QPR for the 2015 or later nostalgia you want Huddersfield back for the old nostalgia you want Blackburn back and for but the then, even older nostalgia, you want Luton Town back. But is it older nostalgia or just a new team? Because everyone likes a new team being in the Premier League fold. Well, yeah, true. Oh, good times. It'd be more extraordinary they were Luton, given they were in League Two, what, ten years ago? Well, less than that, five years ago, if that. Yeah, because yeah, the they were in League Two. Well. We, went, we saw them in the FA Cup game. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, they were a League Two team. That, that yeah. would be extraordinary if they got up. The fact that they obviously had that thirty-point deduction as well for administration dropped all the way down to the conference. Spent a good few years there before moving their way up the ladder. The scenes in Luton would be absolutely unreal if they were to get promoted. So let's Want keep, keep our fingers eye. crossed. Yes, uh, let's head over to Europe now and Barcelona's resurgence under. Uh, Xavi is continuing winning 4-0 this time against Athletic Bilbao Aubameyang continuing his really good start to life as a Barcelona player they're unbeaten in 10 I wouldn't have said that 3 months ago that they would be unbeaten in 10 games Xavi may be performing miracles Mm. it's either that or he's He's just instilled confidence in a load of players that needed it I think it is that and the young players that they're playing obviously Gavi and Pedri being the two prime ones at this minute in time and uh, Nico Gonzalez as well 
they are exceptional talents. I mean, did you see that Pedri um, nutmeg? Oh, I haven't. I can't say. I haven't. Oh. oh, chef's kiss. Absolute chef's kiss. Don't think really to be keeping our eye on is Adama Troyer because this man's ripping up the league. Yeah, he had. Uh, what the f- I said he would struggle considering how bad he was at Wolves, but I've been proven wrong. I mean, four games and he's already got two assists in the league. Like, what the fuck's I, going on? I could have thought it was more than that. He'd done like four assists in five games, something like that. He's, he's had a yeah, good since... I, I said he would. I wouldn't be surprised if he did adapt well. The two other assists were in the Europa League. That's what so it is four assists in total. But yeah, it's ridiculous how good Xavi has got this team playing. Four uh, 0 win, obviously two goals in added time. One from Memphis and Luke Dionk with Usman Dembele assisting both of them and scoring. Is yeah, he was... potentially going to stay? Well, if he's playing regularly and has got his confidence back, and also doesn't pull a hammy, then yeah. Like. The, everything we've said here it just seems weird to say now considering where they were in November imagine if they win the Europa League as well it's, it's not technically a bad season but they've done alright I'd say that's a really good season secure top four and win the Europa League I'd say it's a good season for them considering yeah, and, been, and they would still be in the Champions League either way if they didn't finish top four and still won the Europa League yeah uh, elsewhere in La Liga this past weekend, Real Madrid beat Real Vallecano 1-0 thanks to Karim Benzema scoring in the 83rd minute. Atletico Madrid beat Celta Vigo 2-0 with Renan Lodi scoring a brace, which... Just what? That sounds a bit unusual, yeah. Mm. And in the big game that we were talking about uh, between second and third, Sevilla beat Real Betis 2-1. Uh, with Munir El Hadi and Ivan Rakitic scoring the goals there for Seville. Over in Germany this past weekend, and it wasn't as uh, straightforward as you would expect for uh, Bayern Munich against Eintracht Frankfurt, only winning 1-0 thanks to a Leroy Sané goal in the 71st minute, 71st minute even. That sounded really strange what I said. Just came with a new number. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, they heavily, heavily dominated the game. But they just couldn't uh, convert their chances but a win is a win and the three points is what they needed and it helped with the fact that Borussia Dortmund could only draw 1-1 with Augsburg on Sunday afternoon. Uh, elsewhere RB Leipzig beat VfL Bochum 1-0 and the match between Borussia Mönchengladbach and VfL Wolfsburg finished 2-2. Over in France this past weekend PSG continued their uh, easy route towards the the league title winning 3-1 against Saint Etienne with Lionel Messi's uh, assisting two of their goals for or both of Mbappe's goals um, he might not be scoring the goals for PSG this season but he's definitely getting the assists Messi yeah and I think that's all I can ask from him like, he's lucky he has got the quality around him as well mm-hmm. and it's a very easy league Yes. Uh, elsewhere, second place Marseille were held to a 1-1 draw with Troyes. Lille beat Lyon 1-0 and Monaco lost 2-1 to Rem. And finally, over in Italy, Friday, both Milan teams failed to pick up wins. AC Milan being the first uh, team to play this weekend, drawing 1-1 with Udinese. And then Inter Milan failed to beat Genoa, drawing 0-0. So it definitely left the gap wide open at the top. And that's what Juventus did. They took... Uh, charge of it beating Empoli 3-2 I believe the word does anyone actually want to win the league 
No. I'm just going to say that no one wants to win the Italian title this season, it seems. Nah. It feels like the only guy that wants to do it is Dusan Vlahovic. Mm. Uh, and obviously, uh, the big game this weekend saw Lazio take on Napoli, and Napoli won 2-1 thanks to a Fabian Ruiz 94th minute winner to see Napoli go top of the table based on having a superior goal difference to AC Milan. Which, I mean, Napoli winning the title would be something special it'd be pretty special for them yeah mm. uh, so yeah entertaining weekend uh, Syria is wide open and let's see if it can continue for the rest of this season right where should we head to next I think we should go on to a Dower Predictions League yeah um, very interesting week obviously um, we start off with Crystal Palace Burnley where I get the three points for getting that score bang on. I did say a 1-1 draw. You said 2-1 there. Uh, I got one point for predicting that West Ham would beat Wolves. So the gap had completely obliterated and was gone by the time uh, the late fixture here in England took place. But then, obviously, neither of us get a point because you said Liverpool would win 2-0. I said Chelsea 2-1 after extra time. Uh, both wrong with Munch and Gladbach versus Wolfsburg. As we said, it was a 2-2 draw. And again with Severe Betis, uh, we were both wrong because we both predicted draws in that game. And then Fabian Ruiz saved you with that 94th minute winner just for Napoli, as we said, as you got three points. So it's now uh, still a two-point gap with 79 playing 77. Or should I say 80 playing 77 because I believe you won the fantasy point as well this week. And I was about to check, but of course it never loads what I want to do. Okay, there it is. 61 points. That's a very tasty total for me. And I got 36 because I didn't make any. Tr- I forgot to make my transfers before the Friday night game. Uh, but yeah, overall, good week for yourself, and you still got your lead just about. I have, but I it's going to stay there until the end, just about. <laughs> right, it's time to bring back a segment that feels like it's been an age since we've used it. Hey, well, where are the funny moments? But thank God we got on this one. It's time for this. I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Yes, and for this week's winner of the That Is Quite Sovig Award is ex-Bayern Munich forward Mario Basler. Don't suppose you've seen any stories surrounding him, or do you even know who he is? Yes, I do know the name Mario Basler. He's a manager. Yeah, well, or was a manager previously. I don't know whether he still is. Yeah, well, I don't know the exact time or date when this happened, but uh, he has been named the head coach of an eighth-tier club recently. And uh, do you want to know the reason why that is? No, I. Well, I do want to know, but I don't know the reason. Sorry. It's because say that if you don't want to know, fuck it. We'll just skip the end. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, it's because he lost a bet during a squash match. Sorry, what? Yes, ex-Bayern Munich forward Mario Basler has been named the head coach of an eighth-tier club because he lost a bet during a squash match. I mean, imagine being that club. How embarrassing that must be. You're appointed your manager solely on a bet. And unfortunately, I don't have the name of the club with me. 
Which is a bit of a shame, but yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, it is SC Turk which is the second, who are second in the third division of its local league after nine rungs, which is basically nine leagues below the Bundesliga. And they sacked the manager despite being second. He was part of the German side that won Euro 96. Nobody wants to remember that team. <laughs> there's only one, everyone just, remembers um, just one player mm. uh, but yeah absolutely uh, crazy scenes there and definitely winner for just whatever the hell that was very well, that is the definition of that is quite something yes right uh, we'll be back later on this week to <clears throat> excuse me review the FA Cups action and have a look forward to another weekend's worth of Premier League games and see what we have in terms of Leeds manager, because obviously at time recording, Jesse Marsh hasn't been appointed, though. He's expected to. And what did Chelsea do now, obviously, post... Uh, well, I can't even... It's kind of post-Abramovich, but not post-Abramovich, if that makes sense. Yeah, we would have spoke about that, but there's just a lot of uncertainty, and yeah, nobody really knows, to be honest. It's mm. all very shady, but we don't know enough to comment. Yes. Right, that is it for this week's uh, show. We'll be back, like I said, at the start. Uh, at Don't the get me started on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us from and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. Watch your head speak in case that Kepa penalty hits you. Until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs>